Oh, and a little hard rock and roll coming in. Uh, Guns and Roses welcome us to the SaturdayBlitz.com podcast. This week we got a double dip for you. Wisconsin, Nebraska, the first ever Big Ten conference game for the Cornhuskers, and really couldn't be against a more difficult opponent. Uh, Wisconsin coming in unbeaten, the reigning co-Big Ten champions. Camp Randall, the most ominous place to play in the Big Ten currently. Uh, the Badgers have been virtually untouchable there in the last decade. And this Wisconsin team right now just looks like absolute world beaters. Uh, Russell Wilson just transitioned seamlessly into that offense. And UW just looking like a team that isn't going to play just for the Rose Bowl, but they're going to play for a potential national championship. Now, Nebraska obviously looking to throw a roadblock and uh, go for its own t- uh, championship potential there. Uh, they're looking to get to the Sugar Bowl, get to New Orleans, I should say. Uh, that's where Bo Pelini was part of a national championship winner at uh, LSU, so nothing he would like more than to get back there and possibly play against his former staff. Uh, Les Miles and the LSU Tigers have been looking great, so be interesting to see uh, what happens from here. I, I suspect whichever team wins this game, I like quite a bit to run the table in the Big Ten. I think that this one you're going to see a lot of power football, obviously. These are two programs that are synonymous with that style. But we could see a much higher scoring game than you would anticipate from these two programs. Both of them showing a lot of offensive efficiency, uh, Wisconsin in particular. You had Monty Ball and James White and Nick Toon into that equation with Russell Wilson. And you're talking about some real explosive football there. And that's going to be just really exciting. That's, uh, that's obviously the game of the week. Uh, really looking forward to jumping into that one. Our guest joining us from BadgerOfHonor.com is going to be Jack Moore, and he's going to give us the Wisconsin breakdown in this first part of our two-part Wisconsin-Nebraska preview here on the SaturdayBlitz.com podcast. And welcome back, and we've got Jack Moore joining the podcast from BadgerOfHonor.com, talking a little bit of the Wisconsin side on this big Big Ten clash, the inaugural Big Ten clash for the Nebraska Cornhuskers. And Jack, what's it like up there? What's uh, what's the buzz in Madison with uh, potentially the next best team in the Big Ten coming into town? Uh, it's getting crazy up here, man. Uh, you know, you can just you can just feel the buzz in the city right now. I mean, every, we love our football, no matter who we're playing, but. The excitement level is definitely amped, definitely amped up this week. And how does it differ from this week as opposed to playing a South Dakota, UNLV, a Oregon State? Uh, so when we played Oregon State, I was taking pictures from the press box of how the student section filled up, and like half an hour before the game, there were probably enough people there where you could count them. There was probably about 100 people in the student <laughs> section. And it was about half full at game time. But, like, everybody's talking about this. These tickets are selling for $300 in the student section. The face value is 20 Wow. So, I mean, that place is going to be packed. It's going to be rocking. I, I was there. I was at the Ohio State game last year, and that was one of the loudest environments I've ever been in as a sports fan or as a human, you know. <laughs> and uh, I think it's going to be that all over again. And now you talk about uh, Ohio State last year, that being a, a tremendous win for this program. Uh, I believe just the second or third ever defeat of a number one team. 
is this year with Nebraska being their very first Big Ten game, is there almost like a little added edge to it, or do you feel like maybe last year with Ohio State was a little bit bigger? Well, the established rivalry with Ohio State is pretty pretty important here. I mean, I, I really don't think it quite goes both ways. I think we have a little more edge about ourselves when we play Ohio State than Ohio State does when they play us, partly because Wisconsin's football history isn't quite as extensive as Ohio State's. You know, the, the Wisconsin football program really wasn't that good until Barry Alvarez took over in the late 90s. Mm. So that's probably part of the reason why it was more important for us. But, like, we really care about those games. However, this time I think there's going to be an equal or maybe even a greater edge, partly because of it being Nebraska's first game and us wanting to show them, hey, the Big Ten is not going to be – you're not going to be able to walk over us. Like, uh, a lot of Nebraska fans are like, oh, we're going to the Big Ten now. We're going to win every game forever. <laughs> but, uh, no, we want to show that's not the case. And the other thing is, uh, the Wisconsin team last year had lost just two weeks ago to Michigan State at the start of that Ohio State game. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's not a whole lot of confidence that we were actually going to win that game. Oh. But uh, this time... You hear people talking, not only are we going to win it, but people are talking it's going to get ugly. And that's interesting to me. Uh, One thing that you said there at the beginning that I was really thinking about was the fact that Wisconsin's football tradition is relatively unestablished. And growing up as a kid of the 90s, Nebraska football was always at the forefront. And it wasn't until maybe like Ron Dane or so that Wisconsin really started to pop up in my consciousness. And Nebraska kind of fell off hard times, obviously, with the Bill Callahan era, now slowly rebuilding. And for them, there's that extra motivation where that program, even though it's a different set of guys, you got a championship coach in Bo Pelini uh, having led LSU uh, as its defensive coordinator. Wisconsin, a program that's not quite been at the pinnacle yet, do you feel like that's going to play a key in Saturday's game? Um, I don't know if it'll play a key on the field. I mean, I'm sure it'll be, I'm sure it'll be in the minds of everybody in that crowd, you know? Oh. Um, I think this team, though, they know that they have, this year's Wisconsin team knows they have a chance to go to the national title game. And I, I really don't think there's going to be any, like, uh, any hesitation hesitation in the first big game or anything i i really think they have the leadership and they have the the talent they'll just go out there and play play their style of football you know and what's interesting to me when uh you talk about leadership is the fact that russell wilson has obviously been a big uh part of that he's a guy that comes in you know just literally weeks before the season starts and is named a captain by his teammates. And I remember last season with Jeremiah Masoli coming in Ole Miss, I was thinking, there's a guy who plays a style similar and should transition seamlessly. Didn't really quite work out, whereas Wilson at uh, NC State, able to freelance a little bit more. Wisconsin, a program that's typically been, their quarterback is almost like a turret that just hands the ball off to giant running backs. And Wilson's kind of taken that offense to a whole new level. What sort of dynamic do you feel like he brings that makes this Wisconsin team so much better? There really is something different about him than with any quarterback that's ever played for Wisconsin before because, you know, you're right. Like, the quarterback was just the guy that gives the ball to the running backs, and then if they don't pick up first down, they have to throw it on third down. <laughs> and uh, it's it works because the offensive linemen tend to weigh 380 pounds on average. <laughs> but it's not foolproof by any means. Whereas this... It, with Wilson, it's been amazing, just everything since he's come in. Like, 
he came in, like, day after day after day, there would be a thing from another news outlet saying how this guy is fitting in so well for his teammates, oh, everybody loves him, this and that. And then you finally see him play, and he throws a ball like nothing any other Wisconsin quarterback has ever thrown. Like, he throws, I don't know if he's an NFL-level quarterback, because he's five, he's like 5'11", like, when I was in the interview room, I had to crane my neck up to look at most of the guys, but not him, you know, I'm not a tall person, I'm 5'10", on a good day, so... <laughs> But, uh, you know, he, so he might not have the size to make it in the NFL, but he has the arm. Like, he throws one of the tightest spirals I've ever seen. And, like, it, Scott Tolzien was accurate. And then you have Russ Wilson, who's accurate and can throw it 60 yards down the field and can throw it on a line. It's, it's just really something else. And I've noticed that there's been really a, a, an instant bond between him and Nick Toon. How do you feel like that plays into Nebraska, or not Nebraska, Wisconsin's offense? And what... What do you feel like Nebraska is going to do to try to key in on that? And is that sort of the mindset you believe that maybe they're going to try to lure them out with the pass and then hit them with that one-two punch of Monty Ball and James White? Um, I think they're going to go with, I don't know exactly what the game plan is going to be, but they will go with what's working. Like against Oregon State, the running game picked up something like three yards on eight carries in the first quarter. But it didn't matter because as soon as they were like, oh, we're not running the ball well, they were just like, hey, Russell, go throw the ball 10 times and complete all for like 140 yards. And that worked great. And we ended up winning that game 35 nothing. So I, I think they'll attack whatever the coaching staff has determined to be the weakness. If they think that the defensive line is going to be the weakness, they'll go to Monty Ball hard all game. If they think, if they, think they can attack the secondary, you're going to see a steady dose of Wilson to do it. For sure, and going back to the the relationship between Wilson and Toon, uh, yeah, Toon never really seemed like he's had the talent this whole time to be able to do this. Like it's been a constant like what what is going on here with Nick Toon the last few years? Like he single handedly cost the Badgers a game against Michigan in I believe 2008, and uh, he's just he's had the drop sees like his entire career. And now you see him going out in these games, and even and it's not against the great opponents, but he's going up. He's making these catches, jumping up two feet, like three feet in the air and catching a ball at the top of his jump and making catches he never would have made last year. So I don't know if it's Wilson or if he's just getting better, but it's it's been really fun to watch. He has been a lot of fun to watch, and that's a guy that has sort of unexpectedly he's he's up there, not quite at that Ryan Broyles, Justin Blackman level, but he's in that sort of second tier of wide receivers, and I'm interested to see as Big Ten play goes on how he kind of continues to develop because you are going to start facing a little bit more of the the traditional Big Ten defenses, but how important do you feel it is to have that element to the game, and how is that a little bit different than, than Tolzien who last year who put up pretty decent numbers but wasn't necessarily that prolific of a quarterback? Yeah, Tosin was tremendously efficient, but he was kind of limited in the kind of plays you could run for him. He was like, he was like, run a 15 yard out, and then he would throw that pass all day for you, and he would complete it every time. But like, if he needed a deep strike, he was, I mean, he could do it, but he was not particularly reliable in that kind of play call. Whereas with Wilson, you feel like he can, he can run for 40 yards if you need it. He can throw the ball 40 yards if you need it. He can throw the ball short. He can. Can do you can do anything you want with him, and I think that's going to present a present a real big issue for offenses or defenses because they can't stack eight guys in the box anymore. Mm-hmm. And so, like you can either you can either go with the run early, 
force them to bring guys in and then go to Toon or go to Aberderis, who is insanely fast. He might be the fastest wide receiver on the team. Now, an interesting thing to me is that Monty Ball, actually, I read, lost about 10 pounds in the offseason, which is quite ironic for a Wisconsin running back. I think of Wisconsin running backs, I'm picturing Ron Dane, John Clay, P.J. Hill, guys that look like in other systems they could be playing right guard. What was the what was the mentality in that, in him dropping that weight, and how do you feel like having those backs, he and White, guys that are a little bit more traditional tailback size, how does that factor into what Wisconsin's been able to do offensively? Yeah, I actually read the, the weight loss is closer to 25 pounds and 10. So wow. it's, it was a big deal, and you can definitely see it, like even just on, on TV, if you're human person either way you can definitely tell and uh he's he's shiftier like ball last year it seemed like he was more a product of a great offensive line and good play calling than anything else it's like yeah i mean like he's a d1 ncaa football player but he wasn't blowing you away with speed he wasn't so strong that he was just knocking guys off the line or anything he was just just a hand on the ball and all of a sudden he'd have seven eight yards and you're like well i don't know how he's doing it but this is great whereas like, first first quarter of the UNLV game, they might be the worst team in college football, but still. <laughs> like, you could tell. He was he was able to cut, he was able to he was able to sprint, he was able to outrun people, and it was stuff you couldn't see before. I mean, he talked about it a little bit, and he just, you know, he said he wanted to be shiftier, and, but I, I kind of have to wonder, he must have noticed the trend with both P.J. Hill and John Clay, who were both awesome their freshman and sophomore years, then got really fat and then sucked and then didn't get hurt. <laughs> and uh, that's not a real attractive proposition for a guy like Ball who, you know, if he plays his cards right, he should be able to play professional football. And now having a backfield where you add in James White as well, so you got now two guys who are a little bit more of that traditional tailback, is that something that you feel like has been a plan of Brett Bielma all along uh, and taking over for, for Barry Alvarez, a little bit uh, a shift from that more kind of old school slam him in the mouth style to last year, one of the top offenses in the country, and this year we're obviously seeing what they're able to do with Wilson and spreading it out a little bit more? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I hadn't really thought of it like that, but when you put it that way, it makes a lot of sense because uh, I think we're in like the second or third year of it just being all Bielma's guys. And you are seeing a little bit of a shift. Like, uh, Barry Alvarez's team never would have called the passing plays that uh, that this Wisconsin team is calling early in games, late in games, in non-passing downs. Like, you don't feel like it's an automatic run on first down or on a second and four anymore. Whereas under Barry, it was uh, Ron Dane's getting the ball again, P.J. Hill's getting the ball again, that, that sort of thing. Which is bad. It, it worked, obviously. But the whole dimension to this just makes it so... Like, you feel like you can go against a defense with any sort of strength at any position on the field. And the play calling, Paul Chris, by the way, is not going to be on the Badgers staff much longer at this rate. There's no way he does not get hired somewhere. Um, the play calling is fantastic. The, the talent's great. And now it's it's just a new kind of Badger football. I really love seeing it because I, I like the whole breaking the mold thing. It's, just, it's a lot of fun to watch. And, of course, defensively, they have managed to maintain that sort of Big Ten style of playing that aggressive brand of football. Now, they lost quite a bit from last year's unit, but against four teams that aren't quite on their level have still shown that, that they can still get it done. But 
against Nebraska facing that uh, the option offense, Taylor Martinez, Rex Burkhead. Rex Burkhead's looked really great. What do you think is going to be key for this defense, and what do you think some of the weaknesses that Nebraska is going to try to attack might be? Yeah, it would be really nice to have a speedy defensive end like J.J. Watt for this game. He uh, He's already wreaking havoc in the NFL. He recorded his first sack last week, uh, which was great to see. But there, there, you can tell the, the defensive line isn't quite as stout as it used to be. And uh, and there, there have had to be some, some adjustments. Uh, Chris Borland is back this year, which is a huge addition. He's playing middle linebacker this year. He already has 35 tackles, five for loss on the season, which is, you know, he's he's going to be a key facing that offense because Fred Bielmo always talks about how the middle linebacker is the quarterback of the defense. And so it's going to be on Chris Borland to direct the defense to where they have to be to stop Taylor Martinez and that off, that option system, but I think they can do it. And now, there's since the realignment of the Big Ten, there's been some, some talk about rivalries, you know, obviously Wisconsin has its with Minnesota, which has lost some luster, but playing for Paul Bunyan's Axe is definitely one of the uh, cooler awards in uh, in college football. I spoke with, uh, actually, the Nebraska guest I have uh, lined up this week, Brandon Cavanaugh, and he said that he wanted to play for something like that, some sort of weapon. Can Nebraska and Wisconsin establish some sort of uh, some sort of actual little rivalry here, and what might you suggest? I'm thinking that maybe one of the two teams has to drop the color red for an entire season until uh, until they get a win. That's good. I like that. See, the only problem with that is uh, both teams aren't going to play each other every year, which is unfortunate. But uh, I would, I could. The intensity that's going to be brought to this game this week is something that that has been sensed ever since it was announced. First, that Nebraska is joining the Big Ten. And then that this game was going to be their first game, and everybody knew, you know, there's there is really a chance to be something something special here in terms of college football. I think. Uh, as far as a weapon, I'm trying to think <laughs> of something like I don't know something you'd use to thresh corn because you know we we do corn here too. Absolutely. You know, they don't they don't have a monopoly on corn out in Nebraska, so maybe some sort of scythe or something. I don't know. As long as they don't copy the uh, failed Cyhawk trophy with the uh, yeah. with the John Steinbeck yeah. look, that was that was unfortunate. But uh, I like the idea of this game happening more frequently. You mentioned that they aren't going to be playing every year. Obviously, with uh, Nebraska being in the Legends and, and Wisconsin being in the Leaders. And now that I bring that up, what was sort of the mindset of the Wisconsin fan? When the new logo came out and the Legends and Leaders first was revealed last December. Uh, I don't think it was a whole lot different from anybody else in the Big Ten area or across the entire country. It, it's silly. It, it's just like, it's putting college football in this sort of hokey light that it doesn't really need to be put in. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. It's like, it's like, call, like call it the North and the South or the East and the West or something. It just sounds like, how are you going to go into a bar and have a discussion about, oh, you see the Legends division standings these days or something. It sounds ridiculous. Absolutely. Now, one thing that's not ridiculous is the travel that Big Ten programs, uh, that their fans bring about. I know when I was at the University of Arizona, Wisconsin came in, and Arizona Stadium was about half Wisconsin fans, and they were the best tailgaters I've ever seen in my life, had the had the best food going, were the most nice, friendly people. I've never had so many folks I've never met in my life handing me free bratwurst. 
But Nebraska, Tom Osborne saying, could have anywhere between twenty to 30,000 people in the stadium. Nebraska, known for its steak. Wisconsin, known for what it does in the tailgate best, that, of course, being the sausage. Which is going to have the better tailgate outside Camp Randall? That's going to be tough. I, I have to go. I have to be a homer here. I mean, <laughs> everybody at Wisconsin, you know, you major in whatever, whatever discipline you like, you minor in tailgating and drinking really heavily, you know, like, that's, that's what we do here, that's, it's, it's a big part of our identity, it's, I mean, it's, it's probably one of the top few things of our identity, so I think we're gonna, we're gonna tailgate hard, we're gonna show them what's up, and I mean, I'm sure we'll learn a thing, thing or two from them, like, we're always open to, to doing new things, and like, meeting new people, and stuff like that, and like, you know, if you talk to anybody that was at the Rose Bowl last year, it, like, Wisconsin tailgaters, put on a show supposedly so i think we'll do it again we'll do it for nebraska i'm sure they'll they'll show us their best we'll come out ahead as always now wisconsin coming out ahead it's an interesting topic right now obviously the badgers looking like a potential bcs championship team you got the packers much to my chagrin as a chicago bears fan coming off a super bowl title and the milwaukee brewers have the nl central clinched going into the playoffs which would be bigger in the Madison area between the three? A Super Bowl, the Packers, BCS of the Badgers, or a World Series for the Brewers? See, under most circumstances, I would have to say the Super Bowl because uh, everybody is a Packers fan here, regardless of how, how well they're doing, whereas the other two, some people might not admit it, but it's far more fair weather. <laughs> um, I think... I mean, I'm a little biased because my first sport is baseball. I've been, I've played baseball my whole life. I've done, uh, I've, I started writing about baseball first before I ever did football or anything. So, I mean, the biased person in me says, I, I've seen a crazy amount of Brewers fever around here. And I think that would be, I think that would be huge because the Badgers are coming off a Rose Bowl, the Packers are coming off a Super Bowl, and the Brewers are coming off a 75-1 season. So... I think the fact that the Brewers are sort of a rise from, you know, a, I mean, they made the playoffs in 2008, but that's this year's their first division title since 1982. I think the whole the whole rise from the bottom thing would really make a great story, and I think that would be a big deal here. Now, did the, I believe it was 2007 campaign, Peer Pants for the Brewers, did that actually make it into the 2011 season? Say that again? Uh, I remember, I believe it was the the '07 season when the, when they jumped out to the big lead on the Cubs. The uh, the pee your pants for the Brewers if they make the playoffs. Did that make oh, it to yeah. the 2011 campaign? Uh, no, it did not. Uh, uh, every, that's been a touchy subject ever since the the collapse in 2007. So yeah, probably best to leave that one in the past. Had an eight and a half game lead in June and blew it. So <laughs> we don't talk about that. That's fair. That's fair. So. Um, once again, I want to thank Jack Moore for coming on the podcast from badgerofhonor.com. And uh, Jack, why don't you tell everybody where they can check out your work all over the internet? All over the internet. You can read my baseball work at Fangraphs and disciplesbuker.com, uh, NFL at advancednflstats.com, and you can read, uh, read my Badger stuff at badgerofhonor.com. And uh, are you on Twitter? I am on Twitter at jh underscore Moore. And that's Jack Moore, badgerofhonor.com. 
covering basically all facets of sports that you could possibly want. So be sure to check out his work. And thank you again for listening to the SaturdayBlitz.com podcast. And be sure to tune in Nebraska-Wisconsin this Saturday from Camp Randall.